Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Just a short word this morning. Turn to Matthew chapter 13. Uh, As you know, uh, some of our kind of daily reading that we're using this month, we're going through various parables each day. Uh, You know, one parable a day. And uh, to really look at what's the application, how do we live these things out, how do we live the word in our lives. We're we're reading a psalm every day just to help us focus in on the Lord in terms of worship. And then a a chapter or so from the Old Testament uh, as we're working our way through that. Over the last few days, there's been um, one of the parables in Matthew 13 that we're just going to look at for a few moments. Eric Casto was here with us last week. And he brought, uh, I thought it was a powerful word last week. Uh, and, and showing how in the early church, the message of the return of Christ, Jesus coming back, you know, as the Messiah was threaded through the early church and the gospel going out, that it wasn't just a message that it, it, we speak about now, uh, 2,000 years later, but it was integral as part of them preaching the gospel but what that meant for us now in terms of the bride of Christ being ready, how we live and the sound of who we are as the church today in the hour that we are living in. And so in Matthew 13, uh, just looking at a few verses in here, if we go to verse 24, we're going to read a few verses here and then in, in the next part of the chapter. Uh, it's really beginning to speak into the same thing. Okay, But I want to bring a couple of things out that connect into freedom and really the choices that we make daily, how they affect and how they are connected to an eternal mindset, not a temporal one. Because basically what Eric was saying last week is if we understand the signs of the times and if we understand what God's word says and we expect Jesus to be coming back and we speak about the Messiah coming or the return of Christ, we don't know when that is, um, but, it's, but we speak that as a now message, as part of the gospel, then how we live is different than if we just think, well, one day he's going to come back, but I'll do whatever until he comes. So let's have a look in Matthew 13 at the parable that Jesus uh, speaks in this moment. So Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? He replied, An enemy did this. And the servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring, uh, and bring it into my barn. So he tells this uh, parable. And obviously, when we look at a few moments in a few other verses, they don't understand what he's speaking about. Uh, so but the word weeds there uh, is, is a translation that in the NIV uh, is not really that helpful. Uh, the word 
tares, which is in the King James Version, that is more of a, a kind of specific uh, word that is used because it's not just weeds like bad stuff among the word tares actually means false grain so when you kind of picture that in the context of what Jesus is speaking about God comes and sows good seed into his field but then the enemy comes and sows false seed false grain to produce a false harvest and and if we look at our culture if we look at our society There's so much uh, deception or falsehood in terms of philosophies, lifestyles, belief systems, thinking uh, and everything that's going on around there, uh, around us. We see how the enemy works. He He seeks to bring falsehood amongst what is true. And God calls us to be a people of truth, a people who are living the truth in a culture of falsehood. And for the world to see who God is, there needs to be a people that are living the truth amongst everything that is false. So when you don't have a revelation of the truth, what you are living in you think is right or you think is correct or you think is okay. And it's only when you have a revelation of something that you didn't see before you then realise that what you're living is not actually true or the truth. Are you with me? So for us as Christians, even over the last 24 hours in in the uh, Freedom Encounters, you've just heard, as God speaks through his word, because a lot of the Freedom Encounters is a lot of truth that sets people up to respond in a time of prayer and ministry to then see breakthroughs and freedom come into their life. But it's the truth, the revelation, God turning the light on and opening up our minds and our understanding. Then we realise what we've been living under or what we've been living by that is not the truth because we've had a paradigm or a mindset of something that we thought was okay or we knew was not okay but didn't know how to break out of it. And as God brings revelation through his truth, through the word, suddenly we realise, wow, I don't need to live under that. Because when you have revelation of the truth, faith is also released then to believe that there is a way out. That there is a breakthrough and it is possible to be free in an area in your life or in your life in, 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 in a complete way. And so as he's, as he's giving this, uh, this parable... He's obviously given a good analogy, the wheat and the, and the weeds or the wheat and the tares or, the, or, or God comes and sows truth, but the enemy comes and sows falsehood. So we're going to come on to some details in a minute. Let's go to verse 36. They come to him and they say, can you explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field? So Jesus answers, the one who sowed the seed is the son of man. So that's obviously Jesus. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. So those that are born again, who have given their lives to Christ, they are now good seed. And the weeds are the sons of the evil one. Now, this is pretty straight talking by Jesus. In our our culture, in our society, people like straight talking on certain things. But when they're straight talking about the truth of God's word, there's a reaction 
Because what Jesus is clearly saying here, the weeds are the sons of the evil one. So what's he basically saying? Those that have not given their lives to Christ yet are under the power and the influence of the evil one, of the devil. That's probably not a very popular thing to say out there because it, it, it makes it sound like you're arrogant or bigoted or, or whatever. But in order for people to be set free, they need to know what the truth is. So as Christians, we need to know what the truth is to, to live fully in who we are in Christ. <clears throat> but also, if somebody doesn't know Christ, then, then they need to know what the truth is to have a revelation of what they need to come out of and into. That doesn't mean we just walk around telling everybody you're a son of the evil one. That's not what I'm saying <laughs> this morning, okay? Um, this is how the enemy works, but how, this is the spiritual reality of what's going on. And most people don't live in a spiritual reality in terms of their understanding and perception because most people are not saved and therefore they don't live with a spiritual mindset. They live with a very natural, temporal mindset, as, as we know. So it says here, the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of the kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, that's a pretty strong parable, pretty clear. How many of you would agree with that? That's not, let's see if we can put it softly around the edges to make the gospel slightly nice and attractive. How many of you know that none of us are acceptable to God and we can't make God acceptable to people? That's why Jesus came. Jesus came and hung on the cross to enable us to become acceptable to God not God try and bring a message to make him acceptable to man. Um, and so Jesus came to make it possible for us to be born again and to be, uh, and to be saved. Now, <clears throat> they asked the question in, in here, in the parable, uh, do you want us to go and pull up the, the weeds or the tares now? And the owner said, no, don't do it now. There will be a day when the two, the wheat and the tares, will be divided and one will go in one place and one will go in another. Now, it's interesting, when you look at wheat, uh, <clears throat> we think that often weeds in our garden are going to undermine the other plants and sometimes they do. In this scenario here, what happens with wheat is the weeds or the tares begin to wrap themselves around the stalks of the wheat to try and choke the life out of the wheat to then stop the harvest from becoming a harvest. But what happens with wheat, when the, when the tares or the weeds begin to grow up, what the wheat, the stalks do, is they begin to go deeper into the soil because they realise if we don't go deeper to become stronger and more healthy, then these weeds are going to choke the life out of us. And so the stalks in the wheat, they go deeper, and when that takes place, they resist then the efforts of the weeds to try and control and to crush and to restrict 
And what happens when the, the, the stalk of the wheat goes deeper, the head of the wheat and what is in the head becomes more healthy and stronger and actually produces a greater harvest. Sometimes in life, we say, God, please get me out of this. And how many of you know that often God said, no, I'm not going to get you out of it, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to be with you in it and through it, you're going to come out the other side so that you have a victory over it, so that your faith is proved genuine, you begin to grow in your faith, grow as a believer, you don't live as a victim, but you then live as a victor because you've seen the victory in a situation in in your life. And so the enemy, as we've been saying at different points this year, as we're stepping up, as we're pressing in, the enemy pushes back. But what do we do? We then push back again because we're not going to give up in our lives personally or as a church together in terms of what God's doing. But whatever's going on in us is what comes out of here. So what we believe is what is spoken on our lips. What, what we believe is actually then how we act and how we live. And so one of the things that happens in freedom, as just uses an example, as people are getting into the Word in the small group environment and going through the, the curriculum, God is obviously speaking and giving revelation. People begin to stand up on the inside and say, actually, I've been living in a, as a victim there, and according to the Word, I don't need to live as a victim. Or I've been living in fear in that area in my life. But according to the word, I don't actually need to live in fear. Or I've been living in shame because of this, this and this. But actually because of what God says about me and what is God says he can do, the power of that can be broken over my life. And, and people begin to rise up on the inside because that's what the word does. It enables the stalk of your life to go deeper in the, in the roots of who God is so that whatever is trying to strangle us, actually, you know, it's like you're puffing your spiritual chest out, as it were, and, and the, the, the weeds, the tears can't have that control and that effect on our lives. And if we can put it this way, the false grain that has been sown into our lives gets overcome by the truth grain or the truth of who God is as we have a revelation of Him Because whenever we have a revelation from the Word, it's about a revelation of who He is, not just a bit of truth that's in the Bible. Because God's more concerned to reveal who He is to you and me than He is just to tell us a bit of information and a bit of knowledge that stays in there. He wants to reveal who He is so we then believe who He is more than we did before. Because what we believe, we then speak, we then live. Okay? So whatever's in our hearts is expressed through our lips. We place our lives under the words that we speak. We place our lives under the words that we, we speak. The decisions we make today will affect tomorrow. Now, if we understand, we, we, we have to have an eternal mindset on our lives and, and to understand this parable that Jesus is speaking about the harvest, the end, when he comes and he separates the, the weeds from the, the, the wheat or the good from the bad or whatever you want to, the saved from the unsaved and everything that's going to go on at that point. He's trying to say, hey guys, I want you to live with an eternal understanding, an eternal perspective on your lives. But in the daily of your life, there are wheat, there are tares, there are weeds that are trying to choke, steal, kill and destroy. But I've given the power and the authority to actually have victory in those things. 
And so we're going to make some confessions in a, in a few minutes, as in speaking out the truth. Not we're all going to tell each other our sins. Uh, we're going to, uh, I mean, you can do that if you like, but um, <laughs> as soon as you stop affirming the positive or the truth, you'll begin to come under the negative. How many of you had breakfast this morning? How many of you have told your kids when they got a mouthful, um, don't eat with you, and they, and, and they try and talk with a mouthful and the milk's popping out and, and the stuff's spraying out of their mouth because they're trying to t- and you say, hey, hey, don't speak with your mouthful, just wait. And they swallow it and then they say, anybody done that with your kids or did you let them splurge all over the table? <laughs> no, okay. But, um, when your mouth is full, it's very difficult to say anything. This is really deep, okay? So you might want to write this one down, okay? Otherwise, you're going to forget it. Um, When your mouth is full of truth and you're eating the truth of who God is and his word about you and I and who he is, it's very, very difficult then to say something negative. So what your mouth is full of is determined by what your, your heart and your spirit is full of. So whatever you're putting in there is whatever you're going to be filled with here. And so if we stop affirming and speaking the truth, then we're going to begin to speak something else because we'll come under it. Because that's how the enemy works. That's how life works in the natural. The enemy always wants us to put us under stuff. And partly, again, this isn't just an advert for freedom, although it's, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> Um, it's not directly, but as a, you know, um, it is. It's a, it's a thing. <laughs> it fills you with truth, or God does, through his word. And that's what enables the freedom at the weekend. It's not just turn up, hear a couple of things, have a response and you get set free. It's because of what God does for three months leading up to that this, this weekend. Somebody, uh, they're not here today because uh, they've got a family thing happening, so they couldn't be here this morning. Uh, but one of the guys in the church who's been around for a while, because I did say to him, can you give this testimony? But he said, oh, I'm not here. Um, he said to me yesterday, he said, uh, he said Friday it was, uh, when we were talking, he said, I've, over the last few months, going through the curriculum, he said, one of the things that God has shown me is that every little decision I make every day determines whether I go forward, sideways or backwards. And, he's, and this is what he said, I've never realised how important every little decision is in my day. Uh, in terms of what I listen to on the radio, he said, I, I, I don't, he said, and, and this is where uh, the Whatever you do in your life has to come from revelation of what God's doing. So like Sally said, no alcohol, okay? That's what God said to her. That's a revelation for her. So nobody can stand up and say you shouldn't drink alcohol because that becomes law for you. But if God's done something and spoken to you, there's a grace in what then God says. Well, actually, it's not suddenly like, oh, I'm not allowed to, I can't. You know, God speaks and therefore you're like, actually, I don't want to do that anymore because God has said something. And, and so there's got to be that revelation at work in our lives. And, and, and the person said to me, 
Um, I, I realised, actually, during the day, I just had any old thing on the radio, and, and I realised, actually, I don't want to fill myself with that stuff anymore. I want to listen to something else that's going to be more edifying. Then that's revelation. And they said, so a lot of the time now in my day, I've got worship on, and they said, it's completely changed how I am in the day, because I realise even when I'm doing something else and I've not got worship on, I'm busy doing something, I find myself worshipping Jesus. I find what's going on in me is I'm talking more to him and he, I, I'm more aware of him around my life and, and what's going on. Now, I looked at this guy just at his face as he was talking to me and I could see his, he was like, his eyes were alive in a different way. His countenance was different. His head was up. And, and the way he was speaking, I'm like, man, even before the weekend started, I can see what God's been doing in your life. He's already been revealing himself and transforming himself. And, and he just said, it's the little decisions, all the little ones, every moment, I just know I want to make the right ones all the time because I don't want to go back, I don't want to go sideways, I just want to go forward in what God's doing. So let's all jump to our feet, shall we? The Holy Spirit is always going to lead you to speak and to act positively. Okay, so we're just going to make, we're just going to have some confessions. I've nicked one of these from one of the... Um, uh, freedom sessions at the end after the ministry time and then we, we all declare some truth. I've made a few changes to it uh, here and there this morning. But uh, we're going to speak these over our lives. How many of you want to be this stalk of wheat that has a healthy head with all the, whatever they're called, what are they called that are inside the... Ears, that's it, yeah. Um, with really healthy ears, ears to hear and all of that but really healthy ears so you're going to be fruitful in your life, right? That we're not going to allow the negative or stuff to overtake us, throttle us, control us in any way, shape or form. So you're ready to speak the truth this morning, okay? Before we do this, right, let's just close our eyes for a moment and just say to the Lord, right, Father, I want to throw off everything now that hinders me and any sin that entangles me. I want to throw that off right now. Maybe some of you are thinking, oh yeah, here's a few more freedom stories. Yeah, I've heard that, la, 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 la. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you got that response, probably quite good to go through freedom, um, you know. Um, you might have been a Christian a long time. You might have just given your life to the Lord. I want to encourage everybody to, to go through it. But just throw off right now anything that might hinder Sometimes as a Christian, daily discipline. It's sometimes a discipline to say, right, I'm going to speak the word over my life now like I'm, I have breakfast. I get up, I eat because I know I need to or I have lunch because I need to. I'm just going to speak the word and get hold of it because my spirit needs it so that the, the ears in the wheat of my life are going to be healthy and strong and not choked by the lies or the atmosphere, the circumstances, bad report or whatever it might be. So are you ready to confess the truth? You ready? So... After me, I am a member of the body of Christ. Therefore, the devil's lies have no power over me. I will fear no evil, for God is with me. His word and his spirit, they comfort me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Therefore, I will not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor fear the dangers of the day. The Lord is on my side. 
I will not fear. What can man do to me? My righteousness is of the Lord. And whatever I do will prosper. For I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I am delivered from the evil of this present world. For this is God's will for me. No evil will befall me. Neither will any plague come near me. Do you believe that? That means no sickness in you or in your home or in your household or anywhere around you. For the Lord has given his angels charge over me. They keep me in all my ways. I take the shield of faith and quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Christ is my victory. Therefore, I am an overcomer. As I submit to God, the devil has to flee from me. I overcome him by the power of the blood and the word of my testimony. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So today I will not live in defeat. I will not live choked by the enemy. Instead, I will live in victory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you've called us to be a people of victory. And that if we're in you, we are a people of victory. Father, I thank you that your truth defies facts. Our feelings sometimes seem like facts, but the truth of your word is more powerful than that. And so, Father, I thank you this week. You're going to lead us in your truth and lead us by your truth. Lead us as people of victory who overcome. That we're not victims, but we are victors. That we can be life-giving to people today and this week in every place that we go. So, Father, we praise your name right now. We exalt you and lift up your name over our lives, over our marriages, over our families over our workplace, everywhere we go, in our going out, in our coming in. Father, I thank you that we are blessed with heaven's best. And because we are so blessed, we don't have time to be stressed. So Father, we thank you. We praise your mighty, awesome, wonderful name. Come on, let's give God one last shout of praise, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.